Right on radio. Right on radio. Wow, what a show we have for you today. I'm glad you tuned in because on this episode, Jesse and I cover a whole bunch of topics. The name of the program is The Mule Theory because I express a theory that I don't think anyone else has put out there about the Mueller thing. But we start out with some updated news on the deep state takedown of the cabal, but then we get into something that I pull a surprise on Jesse, and I'm amazed at her ability to answer this because it came out of left field, and I think she handled it extremely well, but then we get into giants and DNA and cloning and all kinds of stuff, plus a really important Netherlands update. You know, the Netherlands episode blew up for us, and there's a lot of people in the Netherlands listening to this program, but also it is a country with such a dense population that we can really affect change there, and it is a hub for many things that are all bad. But you're going to love this. It's a really entertaining conversation between Jesse and I. And just remember to like, subscribe, and share this broadcast so that technical tyrants don't lock us out of sharing this information. Right on, right on, right on. And welcome to Right On Radio. I'm here with Jess. Say hi, Jess. Hey, how's it going? This is another broadcast, and we are going to go through some news for you today. There has been huge bombs dropped in the last few days from our Cucumber Club, as we're now calling it. Thanks, for Jess, for that great name. <laughs> uh, we're going to see if it catches on. Otherwise, we might go back to the one I suggested, those guys that I got from Sir Patrick Mack, who I'm a big fan of. I think the guy's so funny in, in many times. But So today we're going to go through some news, and I'm going to pull a surprise out on Jesse. She has no idea what's coming, but I had something dropped on me yesterday, and I'm <laughs> curious to see what her reaction is. So, Jess, are you ready to go? I am. You know, I'm excited to see, you know, what our gardening brings us today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to dig into the garden, as a matter of fact. What a great metaphor for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's uh, we're gonna, weeds. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to really do some digging in. But one of the first things uh, we're going to talk about, and we're going to kind of end on this note with a prayer as well. So just be forewarned, and we're going to ask you to join in on it. But one of the latest things is, is this about a virus or about an election? And Laura Ingram, who I believe is a patriot, posted this. The U.S. government last week updated the survival rates for the Rona. And so this is from the U.S. government, the CDC. And listen to this. And this is, brace yourself, This is, these statistics are pretty scary not reported much so zero to 19 years old the survival rate guess what it is jesse um i'm gonna say less than 50 percent okay so the survival rate from zero to 19 years old is 99.997 percent Okay, so it's pretty high. And we have not heard, <laughs> I would say so. We, we haven't heard a lot of, you know, I, there haven't been, I don't think there's been any reports of children who have had it. Um, I, I think just one that reported, I've heard but, of. Oh, okay, so let me continue on. 20 to 49. Uh, I know you're at the lower end of that scale. So yeah. you're going to be comforted by this. It, it is less than 0 to 19. So zero to 19 as a refresher is 99.997. They had to go to a third decimal point <laughs> just to get a number on there that wasn't 100%. So 20 to 49 is 99.98. Boy, that, that would have me scared if I was in that age bracket. So the age bracket that I'm actually in is 50 to 69 and yeah i'm way at the low end of that by the way huh. 
So not, it's it's reporting, but we're talking the survival rate. Survival rate, not not so how many people almost get it. Anybody who's under mm -hmm. age fifty pretty much will recover because you have almost a hundred percent of recovery. But if you're above age fifty, what was the rate again? So I haven't read it yet. So above okay. 50, 50 to 69. Now this is where it starts to get a little bit more volatile. 99.5%. So 95% of the people who have it No, nope, 99.5. So it'd be 99.5. Half of 1% of people between 50 and 69 uh, risk if they're infected uh, death. So, so out of uh, 10 people who get this, um, one of them has 50-50 chance that they're gonna live or die. Uh, so <laughs> no, it'd be one out of, uh, half of one out of 100. Okay, half of one out of 100. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and by the way, the, 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 these in, this, this includes people with other conditions as well these aren't like perfectly healthy people this is just general age so you know you could go in with a heart condition and diabetes and and uh you know <laughs> anything else and get this so they, these comorbidities are included in these rates now we do know that you know the vast majority of people who have died have been over 70 years of age and this is actually the only significant drop so 70 plus the survival rate is 94.6%. You know, I'm surprised to see these numbers from the CDC for one, but pretty much what this is telling us is that COVID is not dangerous at all. Well, you know, in, in March, the World Health Organization downgraded it to a regular flu. Um, but And by the way, I think it's worse than a regular flu. There's symptoms that just, you know, it, this thing, you know, seems to have been manipulated by people. And, you know, it doesn't seem to be 100% natural. And there's a lot of symptoms. Like, it's a very serious thing it's still. Uh, and especially the rate that it, it, it can travel and it spreads. But... Um, you know, it's it's nothing really to be scared about. So then the next one uh, that comes up because I want to get off of that. I, it just it's just it's that that whole discussion is tiring for me. But it's important to bring that out because yeah. there's a lot of people walking around in fear. Well, the, yeah, and I think these statistics are are vitally important for people to understand the truth about what is going on, not being reported on the mainstream media. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Joe and Kamala are doing Zoom meetings wearing masks. <laughs> I saw that and I thought, what is the purpose? You know, I mean. <laughs> it's just to make you think it's, it's, a, it's so much more real. And yeah, it's, it's actually kind of funny if it wasn't so serious because, you know, the lockdowns and the things that it's actually done a lot more damage uh, the suicide rates have been you know gone up like you know more than doubled uh, depressions uh, you know divorces you know and and that's something it's really dear to my heart is that you know marriage is taken more seriously and mm -hmm. you know um, it's it, it's 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 wild so let me go to the next one so I want to blow through this because I know we got some other stuff to talk about so what, what this is talking about is basically the seventh floor of the FBI. And, you know, basically everyone has been cleared out of there, essentially. Uh, and, you know, there's some cooperating people like this uh, this lawyer who got, uh, who was charged, the only guy charged so far. But it says this, tracking events scope exceeds illegal spy campaign. Why? And this is in regard to the Durham event. Uh, Durham report and I, by the way, it's not gonna be a report. It's gonna be indictments uh, Seventh floor FBI team removed terminated seventh floor is no more. Is this normal? No What other investigations the same people who were fired? I'm putting in my own words here as you can tell uh, touch or alter outcomes 
so you know obviously the first things that you come to mind was like the uh, the email investigations and things like that and it says how how are other investigations bridged to illegal spy campaign bigger than you can imagine this is the reason why this was leaked today the election infection which we just addressed cannot stop what is coming cucumbers <laughs> well isn't there more i mean are you familiar with some of the other stuff um with the seventh floor of the fbi what was so special about that floor no uh, please enlighten me you know i i could be wrong on this um because i was trying to remember but i do believe that that was the floor um that's implicated in some of the stuff with um watergate and nixon and um that that particular floor um were also many of them were known as the finders who during that time with nixon were doing drug trafficking and child trafficking um so they're notorious for um kind of i mean if you put it in plain words kind of running like their own little mafia within the government. Well, and and you know, it's funny you bring that up. And the you know, seventh floor has always been the executive suite of that building. But one of the thoughts that I had always had uh, until recently is that, you know, all the extra stuff with the drugs and the kids and that was more of a clown operation. Mm-hmm. But now we see how far down uh the you know the premier law enforcement agency has gone and yeah. and i still believe that the vast majority of the people doing the actual work there are absolutely patriotic and went into it for the right reasons or doing things for the right reasons but you know sometimes they're they're driven by their superiors and let's face it most of them right. have mortgages and stuff like that right yep absolutely and when you have a mortgage you are a slave mort gauge another measure of death <laughs> that's that's the actual definition jesse i believe you i just never have heard anybody say it before <laughs> that is the actual definition of the word mortgage and by the way i'm not against home ownership in fact i'm very in favor of it in fact you should own more than one uh let's go to the next one here there's a question that was asked by an anonymous person and it said red october coming and so there's been a lot of uh, you know submarine things in red october where you turn into the uh, to the torpedo coming and stuff and the cucumber club replies make your depth 50 feet zero bubble how familiar are you with submarine terminology Yeah, no, I caught that was definitely submarine terminology. And I think isn't that even one of the commands given in the movie Red October when they're going down to get ready to fire that torpedo? That's that's exactly it. So I you know, I did my little interwebs research on it and it uh, was I'm no expert, but from what I understand, zero bubble essentially means, you know, they're cruising and they're not they're they're more invisible at this time and they're ready to shoot they're <laughs> lining up the target boy it's it's starting to get intense i think you know it, it's hard to know exactly what that's going to look like or what to expect but so that terminology well, also gives you an idea that they're in control you know that they've got a plan they're following strategy and, and and so the next one gives us an even bigger clue and it's actually a tweet from representative Doug Collins who's the uh, like him yeah he's a great patriot from Georgia he's sitting in the congress but he's running for a senate seat right now and uh you know i encourage anyone in Georgia who can vote for him for senate please right. do i i believe he is a patriot and it's a picture of john durham and it says this jesse durham assumed parts of john huber's clinton foundation 
investigation. So aspects of the U.S. Attorney John Huber's investigation into the Clinton Foundation have been assumed by U.S. Attorney John Durham. Hmm. What so, does that word assumed mean? So, that, you know, there's a couple schools of thought. Uh, maybe John Huber just wasn't doing the job. Although he had just, he had close to 500 attorneys working for him. And he's been doing this for about two years with no leaks, which is, you know, makes me think it's a serious investigation. Mind you, it's been two years and just the amount of public information, <laughs> you should have enough to convict, no? That, that this drives me nuts. But what I think is interesting is some of the stuff that came out uh, yesterday or, or the day before yesterday when it got into the human trafficking aspects. And I think because this is more in the purview of John Durham right now, this is what he's under uncovering. I, this, just my own thoughts, but I believe this is why he's taking it over so we can tie it all together. Hmm. Just, just a thought, and then, and then the next one is it's a, it's actually a, a a meme of of Red October. The hunt is on. Hunters become the hunted, and certainly Hunter has been in the uh, <laughs> right? in in the mail. But I don't think they're talking about Hunter. I think they're talking about the hunters, as it says literally, hunters. To me, I mean, I would take that as those who have been trying to, you know, hunt in and find something to, you know, rule Trump out as the president, um, it, you know, as they've been hunting, trying to find anything to say bad about him. Um, sounds like now their time has come that, you know, their dirty deeds are going to be laid bare. And that is the logical assumption. You know, it's the investigation of the investigators. Right. But let me just throw something else out. Because some of the people, Jesse, and I know you have some insight, you may not name names here, but weren't there actual hunting parties? And aren't some of the royals in the news as of late? Yes. And, you know, that does stem just beyond the royals. I mean, that stems to high level individuals in our government. In the U.S. government. Yep, in the U.S. government who were part of those, um, not just in the U.K., um, you know, those parties have happened all over the world. They have. California. Yeah. Hmm. And, and, you know, a lot of these people, they've preyed on children and, and used humans. You know, they have hunted them in real life. So, so and that's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading between the lines. But, you know, when, when you put those last three things in context, it just kind of seems to fit to me. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next one might tie it in a little bit further and there's a picture of a u.s faa registered plane it's uh looks to me like a 737 and the picture of this plane is taken on august the 9th of 2018 and it's in little rock arkansas and what the research on this particular date and this plane and the flight logs have revealed is they actually cleaned out information on the Clinton Foundation. In fact, from what I understand, they filled the plane. <laughs> That's a lot of boxes. Yeah, they filled the, the plane with boxes that were taken from the Clinton Foundation building. And flew it right towards the Delaware area. Yep. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now there's a, there's a guy that I follow and I, and I certainly recommend if I know you follow him, Jesse, for sure. But for the listening audience, there's someone on Twitter at techno underscore fog. Definitely follow techno fog. This guy puts out really, really great stuff. 
And he says, the Adam Goldman New York Times report on Durham reviewing Clinton Foundation investigation. He just summarizes and makes two quick points. Number one, agents, FBI managers seek subpoena of the Clinton Foundation. Top DOJ criminal division officials deny the request. And then Technofog posts a question. Did Andrew Weissman deny the subpoena in 2016? He did lead the fraud section after all. Interesting. So, and by the way, Andrew Weissman, he was the guy essentially running the Mueller thing. Oh, I never gave you my theory on the whole Mueller operation. I'll give that to you in a moment. But, and and by the way, he was at Clinton's, you know, supposed to be her, uh, her, you know, election night victory party. He was in her condo or apartment with her. So, you know, quite a connected guy. And by the way, in the words of paraphrasing Joe DeCineva, um, you know, this guy is just like one of the worst prosecutors out there. This guy is terrible. He throws people in jail who are innocent and, you know, really, really bad guy, bad prosecutor. And man, I hope justice comes his way he's ruined a lot of people's lives. So Jesse, can I tell you my thoughts on the mule? I'd love to hear it. So obviously, you know, with the, you know, all the, the entire team being stacked with Democrats, it was a hit job, right? And that's what all of the Anons following this have come up with. It's a hit job. I had a different perspective on this the whole time. And I'm being proved right. Listen to me here. Okay. So the the Mueller team knew well in advance, uh, you know, literally for three or four months before they even got appointed, that there was no evidence. They knew there was no evidence against Trump before they even started this. So it was right. a sham investigation. But, you know, can we get, you know, some uh, perjury traps and stuff like that? Sure. And of course, they're going to try that. And then they put out this weak report at the end, which, you know, was laughable by any legal standard. But here's what I think they were doing the whole time. They were looking for evidence to get rid of. They were trying to do a cleanup operation this entire time. I haven't heard anyone else say this. Right. That, and, that's very plausible. Well, listen, Jesse, uh, one thing you're going to learn about me, and, and this isn't a pride thing. It's just super confidence. Who's right? He's right. <laughs> you're going to find a lot of times I'm right on this stuff. I get a gut feeling and man, it, it, it turns out right. My daughter will vouch for me. <laughs> right. But I mean, that makes sense that, you know, that they're part of that cover up. They're doing it to buy themselves time. That's basically what they got out of all of this was time. So you have to ask, what did they need the time for? They wiped all their cell the, the cell phones. That that's just come out in the last week. They cleared off all that. Uh, they they will not release the trail that followed the Mueller investigation. They're they're trying their best to subpoena these. They're getting stonewalled because they want to find out where these people went. And they're not even a Congress isn't even allowed to see that right now. So I'm telling you, my theory is being proven right as we speak. In fact, we might as well even just call it. Go ahead. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're getting good at this game. Thank you, Jesse. I'll be much more humble uh, going forward. Okay, so uh, just the next things, uh, there's been some texts that came out uh, from some FBI agents that were released yesterday. And these texts, I'm not going to read them all because it's quite long, but essentially the names are redacted. Uh, they're not high level people. And 
they're really in a panic. Essentially, what they're saying is, I can't believe we're being forced to go down these rabbit holes. We're supposed to be closing these investigations. They're going nowhere. And these guys were actually scared that they're going to be liable when they're talking about getting insurance to cover professional li liability insurance to cover their asses on this stuff. So, you know, th this is just more and more proof that, uh, you know, the whole thing was a sham. But the point of it being, um, there's the Cucumber Club posted something essentially with three stars and not long now. And by the way, these uh, these text messages and stuff like that did come out of uh, Flynn's lawyer uh, through her work. Okay. They came out. So and, and those three stars have kind of become a symbol of General Flynn. They have, and this is this is definitely about uh, General Flynn and. And essentially, you know, what the what the word is here from the club is these people are stupid, pandemic, dem, panic. And then the very last one, just to bring everyone totally up to date, is it said, Midnight Riders Ride, Information Warfare. Yeah. <laughs> that goes information to, you know, to Paul Revere and... You know, that, uh, what was it? The lights w one by land, two by sea. Um, so some of that coating's gone out. Um, we've seen pictures of the two lanterns. Um, so they are using some of that old term war terminology. Um, but I think too, was it, they didn't use the word watcher with Paul Revere, but he was one of those people that, you know, that was his job was to watch the water, to watch for invasion and to warn if they were in danger of invasion. Communications and it's information warfare. And we're seeing it ramped up right now. You know, 60 Minutes is doing a, just did a hit piece on the, the Cucumber Club amongst <laughs> other things. All right, Jesse, are you ready? I'm going to throw this curveball at you. Okay. So I went out with a very dear friend last night. And uh, my dear friend is an enlightened person. He really kind of flows. He operates at a higher frequency than, than most. He's super intelligent. Uh, I respect everything he says. And, and uh, you know, he, he's really into this movement. He's very aware of everything that's going on. And he said, Jeff, no one's talking about the most important thing that makes all this other stuff look small. And he goes, you know what that is, right? And I said, um, it could be a lot of things. So let me just put that to you first. I'm gonna, I'm recreating the conversation slightly. And by the way, this is not to mock my friend at all because he actually, got me really interested in looking at it because just because he's interested in it. Um, so what do you think is the most important thing in the world that we're not talking about? I mean, to, to me, my first, my first thought probably would have been the same as yours, that it could be a lot of things, but second to that, if I had to pick like one or two, you know, I would say either it had to do with the children and, being rescued and trafficking or um, the election. Yeah, and, and so I, I would have put in a third one uh, just that, uh, you know, and I did actually when I, when I talked to him. It's funny, I made him the two things that you named. And the third one is you need to make your choice between light and dark uh, because the time is coming okay. soon. Uh, so those were, those were mine. But so then he brought up a word that I was kind of familiar with, but I didn't know where it was going at first. He goes, Jeff, the firmament. Oh, the spiritual gates. Water. Ah, no, no, no. Did he go discern with that? No. Flat earth. Hmm. What, why does he think that the flat earth is important to this conversation? 
Well, and so by the way, he didn't come out and say, I'm a firm believer in it, but he's very intrigued on this whole flat earth thing. They have a lot of, you know, things that they've put forth as evidence towards this earth being flat. And we're living in a dome. And you know, he's, he's said, you know, the firmament's mentioned in the Bible. And if you look at the, uh, the United Nations symbol and the who symbols there, they basically are the symbol of this flat earth. And, you know, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. And, you know, and then I, so I looked at it a little bit more and there's a lot of people on this theory. They're saying, you know, you can put a pipe in the sky, a fixed pipe, you know, aimed. So you look through it at the North star and every single day of the year, the North star is going to appear in that pipe are some of the things that these people are saying. So it got me wondering about this. And so I'm going to give my personal opinion on this. Actually, what's yours, Jess? Because yours is more important. Oh, well, I wouldn't say mine's more important, but... More informed. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, For me, you know, I've done a lot of study into it. And, um, you know, some of this goes through some of my own personal experiences. But... um, if you think about that, you know, scripture, I think it's the book of Isaiah. It says the Lord sits upon the void of the earth. And that Hebrew word void there literally means like a circle. So it's the Lord sits upon the circle of the earth. Um, And then you've got, you know, the book of Job talks about um, the way that the ocean floor is. And, you know, how there's these big vents under there that, um, you know, were the gates that held the firmament, that the firmaments that were under the earth, and then you had firmaments that were above the earth. Um, Scripture seems to indicate that those firmaments were another term for water, um, the space of water particles, both under and below the earth. Um, you know, from the evidence that I've seen, I I just have to say I'm not a flat earther. Um, you know, if you put everything flat, it distorts everything. Like if you take a map and put it flat, it distorts everything. And you have to change things around. Um, besides changing the latitude and longitudes and the sizes of the continents... Um, what it really affects when you do this flat earth map is that it changes the ley lines. And so that the ley lines prove that the earth has to be round because otherwise you lose those connections from one country to another, especially when you add in like Antarctica or the, or the North pole, um, you know, it changes all those directions and that's where these occultic people get all their powers, their energies, and they believe that those ley line connecting areas are where the firmament, you know, above the earth is thinner. So they believe it gives them more direct contact with the spiritual world. So can you just define ley lines? I don't want to interrupt you, but just, and you kind of did, uh, but someone who might've just heard it for the very first time. So ley lines are the, um, it's almost like these magnetic energy lines that naturally like flow from one point to another. Um, You know, so like for me as a kid, like there was a ley line that go, you know, that pretty much goes all the way across, like from the Vatican, if you followed just this imaginary line on a map from the Vatican, it literally lines up with Old Faithful in Yellowstone. So usually what you see is if there's a massive earthquake in Yellowstone, you're also going to see seismic activity in Rome. So it's kind of interesting. Um, But this is all, you know, it's not something above ground, or I should say not something below ground like titanic plates or anything. This is energy that runs naturally above ground. Um, And this is the energy that witches, warlocks, um, fallen angels will connect into 
because they believe it enhances their spiritual powers. So there's there's one part of the flat earth theory, and I am not an expert on it, by the way. Um, I I can I feel I can easily debunk it. <laughs> you know, just how if it's okay, I'm gonna debunk it. And by the way, flat earthers, please write me question, write comments on that. Pr prove it to me. I'm open-minded. But how do ships sail from Asia to North America across the Pacific if it's flat? You know, we already know we cross the Atlantic as well. Like it just, you know, a couple things. Uh, where where do the satellites go? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that I could debunk it. But the one thing that seems to be common in the flat earth theory and just by a little bit of research last night that I found that I agree with this. And part of the theory, Jesse, is that essentially everything in the universe revolves around us. Mm -hmm. And not physically speaking, but I think spiritually speaking, it does. I think it, you know, you got to add in there that connection to God, that everything is created and made for and by him. But it takes away some of the mastery. Like, I mean, the other aspect you could look at with a flat earth too is the mathematical things. And some of those mathematical things go all the way back to the Hebrew gematria that's in scriptures um, you know, where, you know, even in the book of Job, some of that um, book, the gematria is describing the mathematical dimensions of the earth. And how did, you know, this was way back, even in the first thousand years, the earth was created. How did they have the mathematical dimensions for it? And then when you apply those mathematical dimensions it really supports that the earth is round and not flat. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the sun and the moon are on different horizons and stuff because the axis of the earth, like, you know, the, it, it really, it, it, I think a lot of the people who buy into the theory are literally just hearing someone else who, you know, comes off as smart and taking their opinion, because if you actually look in, in the sky, you know, you, you don't see the same sky every night. <laughs> At least I don't. No, and, and you do see that rotation, which that was set up in Genesis 1, you know, that the Lord put all the stars in the heavens to be signs and, of seasons and times. So, you know, just like a clock, it flows around and creates time. So everything, both scientifically, mathematically, um, even spiritually, when you add in the ley lines, um, everything in that supports that it's around Earth. Absolutely. Okay. That's a good question. Good I, I, th I thought it was too. Actually, yeah. speaking of questions, and I know a lot of the time you're not going to be able to name some names, but a question came in from one of our listeners that I just thought was uh, was really interesting because it's about a, a person who's a, definitely a socialite and the question is is Anna Wintour a witch or just a regular weirdo? Just curious the Met Gala always seems to be kind of a ritual to me and so she's the editor in chief of Vogue magazine. Right and I, I mean we can I can't name specifics on that but um you know, if we look at Vogue itself, we we know that that institution, um, there are individuals there who are heavily implicated in the system, in the Illuminati. Um, and then you had an interesting, when we mentioned this this morning, you had an interesting spiritual perspective on Vogue and, and what that represents. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about vanity, you know, which is kind of... <laughs> you know, related to pride in my mind. And, you know, vanity is, is certainly not something that the, uh, the Lord is, uh, is a fan of. So I apologize for being right all the time. And, uh, <laughs> I'm humbled now. <laughs> uh, by the way, that isn't a mocking laugh. I've just, you know, uh, 
just like to have fun here. We're going to have to come up with a new statement. You know, you're, you're never right and I'm always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get that in the production. Yeah. <laughs> that humbleness, you know, I'll, I'll keep reminding you. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, now, the second to last thing that I wanted to go through with you today, Jesse, um, the last thing we're going to end up with is a Netherlands update. But the second to last thing, and I didn't catch the full episode because it was long and it was late last night and I was out and I did a whole bunch of stuff. But last night you were on David Zublik's show and it's a topic that has fascinated me for years. You were talking about the Nephilim. Can you explain what the Nephilim is? And I know you're going to make some connections because there's someone you want to start talking about more who should be in the news. I should be in jail. But, but yes, yes. So yeah, I was so excited. Um, I, it's a topic I also really, really enjoy. Um, not only looking at the history of it, but just it's it's been this massive cover up and um, kind of the where it really stems in my life is you know, all these years I've had to keep this silence and never been able to talk about all these things. So I was super excited to be able to discuss that last night. Um, you know, so for people who really don't know, um, the Nephilim go back in scriptures to Genesis 6. And um, in that passage, it talks about, you know, you have humans and then you have angels who serve God. Um, we know some of those angels were considered fallen or, you know, we've kind of changed the name now from fallen angel to demonic. Um, and so you had these angels who had fallen and that chapter talks about how um, basically they were breeding with women and there were offspring that were born to them that um, became known as giants or the titans. Um, Men of renown was another name. And, you know, eventually it kind of evolved into Nephilim. But you had these, you know, generations of these individuals who, you know, they were known to have super strength, um, massive size. Uh, You know, we've got like the David and Goliath giant. Yeah, yeah, David and Goliath is a perfect example. You also had, you know, it's recorded in history that um, the king of Bashan, who was Og, he, you know, he was known to be just this man. I mean, we're not talking like somebody who's seven or eight feet tall. Like some of these, you know, beings were, you know, recorded as being more like 15, 20 feet tall. Um So, you know, but they were also known to be um, very wicked. Um, So when it talks about, you know, like the King of Bashan and some of these other ones, you know, they were known for their cannibalism, um, you know, for their, they'd go through rape, pillage, utterly destroy villages. Um, There would just seem to be no moral character for some of these individuals. So Jesse, on these people and something that I've always wanted to ask, and you know, I, I have my own leanings when reading through the Bible, but were these essentially hybrids, demons and humans? Yeah, they were half half angel, half human. Yep. So it, it gets really fascinating, you know. So on David's show we get more into that and, and talk about um kind of the the Illuminati or the uh, Brotherhood system of belief structure around these beings because it really ties into Satan's end time agenda. Um, you know, from the very beginning, you can find this even in scripture. Um, Satan's agenda has and always will be that he believes he's God and that he is going to usurp the throne of God and basically kick God out, and he's going to be God. So that is his goal. And um, so with this, you know, um, you know, when the Lord, at one point, the Lord took away the ability for these fallen angels to bear seed. 
Um, you know, I still hear, I mean, I hear so many survivors, women who come forward, um, who talk about, you know, that, that there is still sex magic or other things that the occult um, is involved in with these spirit beings, but they're not able to bear seed. Um, so with that, we've got somebody very prominent in our government right now um, through my personal experience, and, and that's, um, I'll just call him John, Johnny O'Brenino. Um, but Whoa, the, the ex-director of the CIA. Yes. So he is very much into this topic and got into basically experimenting on children and humans and trying to um, find ways to get a hold of this old DNA. So basically through the centuries, um, the Brotherhood has tracked the individuals who carry, you know, they, they, did, they got the recessive gene from, you know, basically they would have been in that line of giants, but not everybody who gets that gene, you know, would turn out massive in size like a giant. This would be the line of Cain, though, the original murder. Right, right. So we get into some of that, into the seed of Cain and the Holy Grail. Um, basically, in the Illuminati, the real Holy Grail is the womb of a, a woman or the seed of a woman. And she, so basically, throughout all these generations, the the gene has carried on the female side, usually. And so they have to find, you know, they're trying to find both male and female who carry this um, Nephilim ancestry and trying to, you know, get both those genes, you know, to activate in the offspring so that they have, you know, all those Nephilim characteristics. But to this point, they haven't been able to exactly do that. Um, so it gets really interesting and, um, you know, we go down that road and I, I talk about some of the, you know, the projects, some of the experimenting that was done um, and the things behind it. Um, the DNA splicing and things like right. that as well. Yep. And one of the other things that I connect with it is um, how the certain um, orders in the Masonic Lodge are basically um, like it's a very honorary order, um, very secretive, but there's people who are Knights of the Holy Grail, okay? And these are people who literally are assigned to guard those who carry this seed. And um, the higher level of those guards, they're called um, the, the Watch Society. And um, if you like look into the book of Enoch, which talks about some of these giants and things like that, um, another name that these giants were known by, were no, they were known as the Watchers. And so um, it gets kind of interesting. So I have an ancestor who was known as a Watcher. And... Um, you know, so it just really makes things very interesting. That's all I can say. Wow. And and you know what? We should actually do a whole show on Cain and the line of it. Because going back to the very beginning, and, and I have some pretty interesting stuff that no one else will throw out. <laughs> totally do that. Yes. The, the seed of Cain is a very interesting topic. Um so, but but to, to wrap up this one, and by the way, go and listen to David Zubleck's show. Uh, it's called The Dark Outpost, if you search for it on YouTube. He really does. He has some great guests. I don't agree with all of them, but when Jesse's on there, I think she's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but just, you know, so they, they protect this line of cane, and then they try to inbreed as much as possible. You know, that, that and, and they make fun of, you know the, the you know rednecks. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, come on. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not putting down rednecks. I I think I kind of belong to that club a little bit myself. God and guns, 
Oh yeah. I don't oh. think that's what makes somebody a redneck, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I tan red as well with my fair complexion. <laughs> if you ate squirrels or something in there, you'd get a little closer, but. <laughs> ah, okay, so I don't know the true definition, but I, I do believe in God and guns. <laughs> All right, the last thing I do want to bring up is uh, a prayer request. And, you know, Marion was on the show when we did the show about the Netherlands. And, and you know, both, the, I can speak for Jesse on this, but Jesse and I really have a heart for the Netherlands right now. And and for the listening audience, and, you know, this this part, if you're, if you're not a believer, you know, maybe you don't want to listen to it because we are going to do a prayer, but we're going to give a quick update first on the the situation and the reason why well many reasons why but one of the reasons that compels us to really follow up with the netherlands is there's such a dense population there in in such a small country and the country really has been a hub for a lot of this stuff that's going on and so on the jesse's website illuminate the darkness please go to illuminatethedarkness.com one of the greatest resources and at kathy kathy fox on twitter that's kathy with a c but marion reached out to us with an urgent prayer request and we're more than happy to oblige so this is from september 24th and i'm just going to read this jesse and then i'm going to ask you to say the prayer. Would that be okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Today, the Dutch mainstream media is threatening the people with a second lockdown. If that is really going to happen, the implications are huge for the SRA, uh, Satanic Ritual Abuse Survivors is the definition, and their friends. They have been looking forward to a political debate in the Dutch Congress House of Representatives about satanic ritual abuse and child trafficking on October 6th. Some of them have anticipated on going to The Hague, to the government building, and to be part of the audience during the debate. It was going to be a true milestone in the search for acknowledgement, help, and safety. Besides that, on October 11th, some of them have planned a protest for the rights of the children and the victims of SRA in combination with a biker's ride out. I love when the bikers get involved. Oh, yeah. Um, if a lockdown will become a reality, all of these rays of light will be whisked away by the dark smoke of fear and hopelessness that the Rona measure force upon the people. I believe in God and miracles. Play, pray with me that he will bring the best possible solutions for everybody who is involved. Other measures than a lockdown will bring much more health and safety to victims uh, of the Rona. We know that. Pray for divine intervention. Pray the power of Jesus' blood over the Netherlands. And before you pray, Jesse, um, we talked about this before going on air, and you and I both had the exact same thought. What What did you think when you heard this? Well, we, I've noticed in some of the areas, um, especially Australia, when they did the massive lockdown, um, you know, like the whole city of Melbourne was massively locked down where people were not even allowed to leave their homes. And don't and, forget uh, New York City at Easter. Yeah, New York City as well. So... You know, we were seeing this throughout some of the different countries and states. And what we noticed then was that in during that time, we'd see those, you know, we've talked about the earthquakes that we believe are, you know, the military going through those underground tunnels and dumb bases. And after they go through, they're blowing up some of those tunnels so that um, those areas can't be used again for trafficking or harboring children. Um, so my first thought was, you know, do we have good operations now that are going to be hitting the tunnels that are in, you know, under the Hague and in the Netherlands area? So, um, we need to pray that that's the case. Um, if it's not that, then it is, you know, the, the enemy is, um, trying to hinder and prevent people from coming forward who have, 
evidence of satanic ritualistic abuse or trafficking in that area and they're trying to just completely shut them down and so their voices cannot be heard well i have news for these people who plan evil our god is bigger and he can pull off two things at once unlike a typical man god can multitask so i believe that operations can go forward and the best possible outcome for these victims can happen simultaneously would you can you believe that in your prayer jesse i absolutely can you know scripture says that the lord is our vindicator and that he hears our voices and you know answers our prayers um so i am 100 believing that for the netherlands that you know the lord is not going to allow these individuals to have to remain in this place of silence you know amen okay why don't you lead us in a in a, in a prayer that covers it all jesse all right Heavenly Father, we just thank you that indeed you are a God who hears our voices. And Lord, your word says in Isaiah 58 that the fast that you desire when we pray is that we fast so that our voices may be heard on high, so that the chains of wickedness may be broken and the yoke of oppression would be broken asunder, Lord. So, Lord, no matter what is going on in the Netherlands right now, whether it's good people who are causing these things to happen so that they can go in and rescue children, or whether it's the enemy trying to silence and hinder the survivors there and and those who have been victims and abused, Lord. Lord, we we lift this up to you, knowing that you are able to break the wickedness that has been in that country that you are able to rip that yoke of oppression from them, Lord. And your word says in Micah 4 that there is a day that is to come, the day called the day of the Lord, and that on that day you will bring forth the lame, you will bring forth those who have been afflicted and oppressed, and you will make them into a mighty army to serve you, Lord. So we lift up the Netherlands to you today, and we ask that indeed, Lord, that you would make the the people in this country, Lord, um, you would raise them up as mighty warriors, that you would be their strength, you would be the power of their might, um, that no one would be able to stand against them, and that their voices would be heard, that they would be like the rivers that cry out in the desert and um, that they would flow forth and bring life to the dry ground and that out of that great fruit would would flourish that um, you would just bring so much life out of that country lord and lord we know that nothing is impossible for you we know that you hear our prayers and we know that your word says that if we ask And it is according to your will that you will do it. So we are trusting in that, Lord, Mm. that you are going to do something more than we could even think or imagine with this country. So we praise you and we bless your name. And we ask for these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. And I just want to add to that. I, I, I just really want to pray for Marion as well, who was so brave coming on this show as a a survivor and keeping us informed. I'm thankful for her. Uh, She's also been invited to speak at this rally on the 11th as well, uh, to be one of the speakers. And, And I really, it warmed my heart to hear about the bikers that were gonna escort them in because there's a lot of movements in North America as well, where, you know, big groups of, uh, you know, uh, big tough guys, a lot of them vets and that are on their motorcycles and they're going and they're protecting abused children and things like that and sending messages that this children is off limits and giving the children the confidence because they feel so protected. Like literally they, these bikers will put 24 uh, seven watch outs over some houses and things like that. And, and the other thing is when, when they use the motorcycles, bikers always get media attention. You know, they're, they're these big burly looking uh, men and and some and some great ladies that are involved as well, uh, 
you know, going and, and their bikes are shining and it's a show of strength, a show of unity. And, you know, I, I just pray that, that that's actually when, when you mentioned army and your prayer, Jesse, that, uh, that I saw these bikers and yeah, I'm one of them. So I, I kind of, you know, I'm drawn to this, but I, I just want to see this and, and strengthen Marion and, and her army. And we ask that to the blood of Jesus goes over that. Amen. Amen. Hey, this this is great, Jesse. Uh, I, I feel there's power. Well, I know there's power in the word. Uh, sometimes he answers prayers in a, in a funny way, but he always answers. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Well, this has been a great show, Jesse. Uh, just a reminder to the listening audience, please like, subscribe, and share, tweet, you know, share on Facebook. Get the message out about this. The tech people are really censoring us already. It's it's pretty wild, and we want to expand this show, and we want to go further and uh, help you and your friends and loved ones come in to this, which is the Great Awakening. So remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Right on radio. Right on radio.